We would like to welcome you to our weekly broadcast of Harvest Worship Center's Sunday morning celebration service. We hope and pray that you will receive something from the Lord today. And we ask you to stay tuned at the end of the message for more information concerning our church. Again, thank you for joining us today. Body, and I, I 100% believe God does that. I do. I, I, not that He might. I believe He does heal the body. But I also know He can touch the mind and the spirit and that he came that we might be whole. Um, and that word in the original language means complete, complete. That something was broken, but now it is complete. It's like a puzzle that's missing a piece. Um, I don't know if you've ever put together a large puzzle and got to the very end and missing a piece. I've done that before. Uh, and you're like, where in the world did the one piece go? And uh, I have been so uh, compulsive about it, I bought another puzzle of the same kind just to find the one piece that's missing so I know that sounds crazy but I've done that because it drives me nuts um, you know to have that incompleteness that I'm almost there but I'm incomplete and I, and I think a lot of times God can touch our bodies but but yet we're still hurting in our mind we're still hurting in, in our thoughts. And God came not just to heal uh, the, the body, but the mind also and the spirit also. And I've told you many, many times the greatest miracle that you can ever experience is the miracle of salvation. It is the only miracle that does not have an expiration date um, because no matter if your body is restored, you eventually are going to face death. Everyone in this room will. We were all born with an expiration date. Nobody's going to, es to escape that. Uh, but but we all eventually will have, you know, taste of, of death. And so uh, that's coming. But salvation is the miracle that, that will go beyond the grave. Aren't you thankful for that today? That it will go beyond the grave. And because of salvation, it is an everlasting miracle in our lives. So Matthew, the ninth chapter, verses 2 through 8. Um, we, I, I want to talk to you about you can be healed, uh, spirit, mind, and body. Uh, Matthew 9, verses 2 through 8 says, And behold, some people brought to him... The the, the paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, uh, he said to the paralytic, take, a, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to him, this man is blaspheming, because, but Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil in your hearts, for which is easier to say your sins are forgiven, or to say rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And then he looks and he says to the paralytic, rise up and take up your bed and go home. And he rose and went home. And when the crowd saw it, they were afraid and they glorified God, who had given such authority to men. The story in Matthew, uh, it's found in uh, Matthew 9 and also in Mark 2 uh, verses 1 through 12 is one of the most powerful stories of faith. Number one, uh, and this is the part I preached to you before and we're not going to kind of relive that. I'm just going to summarize it. This was the faith of some friends that had a faith that their paralyzed friend could be touched by Jesus. And we, we, we get the story where they claw through the roof and they make a hole in the roof and they lower their friend down in front of Jesus because 
because they could not get him through the door. They were determined to see a miracle in their friend's life, and they heard that Jesus could do it. And so they were not trying to make a, a public display of their friend. They loved their friend so great, and they had such faith that Jesus could do what Jesus was had done for others, for their friend, that they made a hole in the roof, and they lowered this guy down uh, uh, to Jesus. Well, once they once this paralyzed man uh, could uh, could not he could not move his hands he couldn't move his feet um, he had friends who decided to bring him to Jesus and when they arrived at the house where Jesus was teaching they were prevented from entering something was blocking their way and I want you to understand that we've got to remove those roadblocks to our miracle that's another point that I want to drive home to you what is holding us back from getting to Jesus in our life maybe it's a familiar sin or maybe it's a thought pattern but there is something holding us back from getting to our miracle or getting to the one who can perform our miracle, that's the first thing I think we, we need to look at. They, they assessed there was uh, blocking away was all the people, the crowds. And I've got news for you. People can block your way to Jesus. They can distract you from your path to Jesus. If you're not careful, they will, they will, they will, they will, they will uh, uh, form a barrier in your life. And you've got to be determined to not let any man or any person stand in your way. There's too many people blaming other people for their problems. Don't blame those people. Walk around those people. Go through the roof if you need to. Claw, knock a hole in the wall, but get to Jesus. Whatever you got to do, get to Jesus because Jesus is your answer. Amen? And, and, and though they wanted their friend to find hope, they, they found no other way but to get around the people was to cut a hole in the roof and lower this man in front of Jesus. Jesus saw their faith. It takes faith to move heaven. Amen? You can... You can uh, you, you can want it all you want, but faith is an action word. Faith is more than just saying, I know he can. Faith is putting into action what I believe. In other words, I believe that he will do it, but I've also got to make steps to make it happen or to see Jesus uh, react to my faith. Jesus saw the faith of these friends. It took great faith to cut a hole in somebody's roof. I want you to think about that. All right, a good thing we got dairy here and we got clay here. You know, they can patch it when they're when you're done. Anyway, but but you know, they cut a hole in the roof. All right, uh, and I want you to think about that. I think it took a great faith for the owner of the house to 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 not go up there and, and and take care of some business. I want you to think about that. What are you doing cutting a hole in my roof? What are you doing? So I think it took faith on a whole lot of ends for this to happen. Jesus sees your need and he is looking for you to have faith that he can meet your need. Do you have faith that God can do it? Do you have faith that you can see a miracle in your life? Without faith, it is impossible, the Bible says, to what? To please God. You cannot please God without faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, or Hebrews teaches us, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, it's believing in that which is not materialized yet. It is believing that God can do the impossible. It is believing that God can come through for me even when the circumstances says otherwise. I've got to have faith. I've got to have faith. And you know what? Only time I've ever, ever, ever rooted for Florida, and they let me down yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I, well, yeah. So I'm just saying, you know, because I, I, and I know we got some in the house, but I'm praying for all you Tennessee fans. I am praying for you. No, I, I you know, but, but no. What, what are you saying? Uh, I want to, I want to have greater faith. 
and then what I see happening. I want to have faith in, in, in the things I don't see. I want to have faith when the storm is causing the boat to fill up with water. I want to have faith when all the circumstances says that God is not moving, but yet I have to believe that God is moving. <laughs> that, that no matter what comes my way, my God cares for me and that faith can move mountains in my life. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Without faith, you can't please God. Faith comes from hearing God's word. You want more faith? You get more faith by listening to God's word, ingesting God's word in your life. I want to. I'm just going to say this real, real quickly. If you get somebody that's bringing you down, it's hard for you to have faith. If you've constantly got somebody telling you what can't happen or how you're not going to see it happen, you need to get a new set of people speaking into you. You need to get the word of God into your life because guess what? I do not serve a stingy God, but I serve a God that's got honey in the rock. How about you? I serve a God of abundance. I've got a God that can make bread fall from heaven. I've got a God that can sweeten the waters if he needs to when they're bitter. I've got a God that can do the impossible. We've got to start listening to the word and believing what the word has to say about our situation, not necessarily what people are saying. Amen? what the word is saying about our situation. We must put our faith into action. Faith without works is dead. <laughs> That's what the word teaches us. In other words, uh, faith without works corresponding action is dead. In other words, uh, our, our actions, our works must correspond with our faith. That's what James was saying. He wasn't saying my works are earning my faith. No, he's saying I am I, my faith, my works are corresponding with the faith I have that God can do it. The woman with the issue of blood said to herself what? But if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. So she crossed through the crowd to touch the hem of his garment. Her works corresponded with her faith. Amen? All through the Bible, their works corresponded with their faith. They didn't do works to have faith. They had faith that motivated their works. Amen. So I'm not doing this because I believe I don't earn me God's favor. I'm doing this because I already have God's favor. I'm not doing this because it'll make God love me more. No, I'm doing this because God already loves me. That's established in his word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Amen. You will receive a miracle when you put that faith into action. Jesus said three things to this paralyzed man. I want you to get this. He said three things to him. He said, he said take heart or be encouraged. There was an emotional healing. In other words, up until this point, you haven't had a lot of luck. Up to this point, you, you've been paralyzed all your life. Up to this point, your friends have had to, to do everything for you. Your family has had to do everything for you. So the very first thing I'm going to tell you to do is to take heart or be encouraged. Here's the mind. Here's the mind. I know you might be down. I know you might be depressed over your illness. But the first thing I want to speak into you is that you need to be encouraged today. You need your mind to be lifted up. I want you to know you cannot, you cannot surpass where your mind is. If your mind is down, you will never climb above that. You've got to start lifting up yourself. The Bible says, you say, lift up myself. The Bible says to speak to yourself in psalms and in spiritual song, encouraging yourself. How many of you encourage yourself. Amen. Or do you look for others to encourage you? Amen. I want you everybody do this. If you got somebody beside you, put your hand out like this, put it behind them. I want you to pat them on the back and say, they're there. It'll be okay. Amen. You're encouraging them. <laughs> 
cheer up. It's going to be all right. How many of us realize that the, that the road to victory comes with encouragement? He was saying to this man, listen, I know up until this point you haven't had a lot in your life to be of good courage about, but I'm telling you, the one that's standing before you is a to do something amazing. So it's time for your mind, your thinking to change. I want you to understand when you encounter Jesus, he'll change the way you think. He'll change the way you think. Emotional healing. The third thing, our second thing he says to him is salvation. Salvation is the greatest miracle. Your sins are forgiven. I wonder what was going through his head. I know that what was going through the religious heads at that time, the religious minds, the religious minds were getting all upset and who's this guy think he is? Only God can forgive sins. And you know what? They were absolutely 100% correct. Only God can forgive you of your sins. But what they failed to realize that the one that was standing before this man was not just another rabbi or a teacher. This was the son of the living God. And I'm here to tell you, when you come to him, he won't just encourage you. He'll change your life. He'll forgive the unforgivable in your life. Amen. What others will never forgive, God will forgive. My goodness. There will be people in this world that will, that will choose to hate and dislike other people for the rest of their lives. That doesn't mean I have to carry the burden of what they feel towards me around any longer. Because God will forgive even when the world doesn't. You hear me? God will forgive you even when the world doesn't. And I'm going to ask you real quickly, what really matters? The forgiveness of those around you or the forgiveness of your God? Amen? Well, how do I handle those that won't forgive me? You pray for them and you love them anyway. Amen. And you leave them in the hands of God. Amen? Because you can't change people. Only God can. Amen? I love when I get these new married couples in and they, they look at me and they, you know, they're going through their little pre-marriage counseling. They're coming in and I, and I look at them and I say, if you think you're going to change that person when you get them home with you, you're not. Amen. You guys figured that one out yet? That you get what you get. <laughs> you get what you get. Amen. How many married couples will testify that? You kind of get what you get. All right. You, and only God can change a life. Only God. I have never seen. That's a good woman. She changed him. No, she did not. That's a good man to put up with her. No, 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 he's not. I'm going to tell you, it is the power and the grace of God that changes somebody's heart. It is the power and the grace of God that transforms a life. So if you think you're going to get them straight once you get them married, <laughs> good luck with that. Amen. That's just truth. So he offers to them forgiveness of sins. Then he goes on and he says, he, the third thing he speaks is the physical healing. Take up your bed and go home. Take up your bed and go home. So here we see a demonstration of the mind being touched, the, the spirit being touched, and the body being touched. All three parts of who this man is is made complete in this particular two chapters that I've, I've quoted to you in Matthew and in Mark. Body, mind, and spirit. God did not come to leave you broken. Why would he heal my heart and leave the rest of me broken? 
Why would he save me from my sins and leave the rest of me broken? And if you're here this morning and part of you is broken, I'm here to tell you there is salvation in Jesus this morning. And salvation is not saying you're an awful person. Salvation is saying I'm a human person and life can mess with me sometimes. Sometimes things happen to us that we never ask for. Some things happen to us that we, we it wasn't our fault. It was life brought it on us. Mean and wickedness in this world brought it on us. But I've got news for you. We have one that has died for us and, and, and purchased not just the salvation of our souls, but he came to redeem our minds and our hearts. I don't have to be scarred the rest of my life by others' actions. I don't have to be scarred by a, 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 a bad decision on my part. I can walk free in this life, body, mind, and spirit. Amen. Why did Jesus say these three things to the paralyzed man? Each one of us has three parts to us. As I've said, inside we are spirit. Number two, we have a soul comprised of our mind, and mind, the will, and the emotions. In other words, it's that the soul makes up a lot of us. And then we also have a physical body that we live in. And guess what? Each part of us is just as real as the other. Amen? Look at somebody and, and, and gently tap them and say, are you there this morning? Are you, you, know, are you there? I, I used to ask people to pinch people, but people got a little carried away. So anyway, but you know, uh, are, are you there this morning? You have a physical body. Amen? Uh, and, and, and how many of you this morning, that when you got up, amen, you, you, you thought to yourself, I need to go do this. I need to get ready. I need to get in the car. I need to go to church. Anybody thought this morning? Your thoughts went through your head. That means you've got got a mind. You may not feel like you got a mind. Amen. And, and look, some of y'all may be looking at somebody saying, I ain't got much of one. Amen. Be nice. Be nice. And if you didn't think you had a spirit, then why are you here? Body, mind, and spirit makes up who you are. And Jesus came to speak to all of us. Just, and Jesus wanted to bring completeness to man. Take heart. In other words, be encouraged. In other words, I want you to have, a, have the right way of thinking in your mind. Why did Jesus want to encourage this man? Maybe this man was sad. Maybe he was worried. Maybe he was fearful that, that, that nothing was going to happen, that he was going to remain the way he was. Maybe he was lonely. Maybe he was depressed. Amen. Do you realize depression is a, is a disease that over 80% of Americans suffer from some form of depression or more or, or, or in some level? Over 80%, according to Barner surveys, over 80%. And guess what? Out of born-again Christians, over 95% confess to having some form of depression. That statistic bothers me more than any because we have met Jesus. And if we know Jesus, why are we allowing the enemy to get in our heads and bring us down. No wonder Paul said in Ephesians 6, put on the helmet of salvation. Let your thoughts be redeemed. Let your mind be shielded from the attack of the enemy. Why? Because you and I have a lot to look forward to. One day we're going home. He told this man, take up your bed and go home. One day he's going to say to all of us, it's time to come home. We got a lot to encourage each other with today. We got a lot to be happy about today. I I wonder sometimes what the world sees when it looks at us. Amen. What does the world see when it looks at you? Because you're preaching to somebody. Amen. 
If you've got a harvest sticker on your car and you're cussing everybody out in town and flipping them off, we need to talk. You're not a very good billboard. <laughs> Amen. You say, well, I don't know about that. Do you realize that's why most companies now monitor all their employees' Facebook pages? Why? Because you represent who you work for. And people are losing their jobs and getting written up over what they put on their social media pages because they're representative, whether they're working or not, of that company. I got news for you. You're not representing Harvest. You're representing Jesus. And when you leave this place, what kind of representation of Jesus is the world seeing in your life? Do they see somebody whose mind is right with the Lord? I know we all a little bit gone. I was sharing with somebody, uh, this, I think it was Steve this week. My dad pastored a church over in Dahlonega, Georgia. And we would go pick up this, we'd run the van. And of course, I was in uh, high school. And so dad would let me uh, go with him. And I would put the steps out and help the elderly folks in the van. That was kind of my job. And we would go pick up this one particular family. They lived out in the, in the woods. And they did not have any electricity. They did not have any running water. They still used an outhouse. This was the 80s, by the way, not 1800s for some of y'all. Not that old yet, but it was the 80s. And they, they had no running water. They, they used an outhouse. Uh, they got water out of a well, and I don't mean no electricity, so they were cranking it up with a bucket. They, they grew their own crops. They cut wood, and they would sell firewood off their land because they had a lot of land they had inherited from generation to generation. But, but they were very... Special people in the sense of they weren't all there. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to illustrate something to you today. Well, Ed would get in an argument with uh, one of our elderly people that I would pick up. One of the, you know, we would pick her up from the nursing home and, and uh, we'd pick Ed up from the woods. And they would come into town in their, in their in, uh, literally with a, a, a horse and carriage. They still, that's how they'd go to town, and they would shop, okay, and they would sell their firewood. And so and they didn't take the horse and carriage to church. They let the van get them because that was one of the few times they got to ride an automobile. I can't make this stuff up. One of these days I'll get my book finished because there's a lot of great stories. Well, sister, <laughs> I'm not going to say her name. She's dead now, but, but they would, her and Ed would get in an argument every time on the church van on the way to church. They would just argue. And one day Ed had had enough of it. And she gets out and all of a sudden he looks up at me and, and, and my dad and he goes, he goes, Pastor, she's taxed. <laughs> well, Ed was a little taxed himself. Touched. She's not all there. I don't know about you, but I feel like sometimes I'm not all there. How about you? Life has a way of pressuring us. I don't know why I'm going here this morning, but I think, some, I think a lot of us need to realize that he is going to, he wants to heal our thoughts. He wants to heal our mind. You've got a lot to look forward to in this life in Christ Jesus. In other words, our hope is not found in what others think. Our hope is found in what God thinks about you. And you are a beloved son. You are a beloved daughter. You are a prince, a princess of God. You are something special in the eyes of your God. And I'm telling you, when we begin to think of ourselves the way he thinks of us, it will change the way we live our days. Amen. Does anybody in this room have 100% have, uh, of people in this world that loves them? Okay. If you, if you raise your hand, we're going to talk about being delusional. 
Okay. There's somebody that dislikes you, something about you in this world. Why? Because that's just the way the world's built. Amen? But your God loves everything about you. And he came to heal the way you think so that when you approach this life, your mind can be whole. The, what, what are you advertising? Are you advertising to this world that you believe and that you have faith in God? Or are you looking and just chiming in with the rest of the world? I, I, I've got someone I love dearly. He pastors a church. But every time he gets on the phone with me, all it is is negative. Not about his church, but about people and about the world. And, and oh my goodness, I could care less about politics. Amen. Why? Because I'm a strong believer. God holds all that in his hands too. No king rises or falls without God allowing it to happen. So whatever happens, if it's a bad king, guess what? God's using it for his ultimate plan and his ultimate glory. And I'm trusting in God's plan for this world. How about you? And what is his plan? Redemption and the return of him. That's what his plan is. So that means some bad stuff's going to happen, but guess what? My mind doesn't focus. It's kind of like when I was a kid, I wouldn't read the book of Revelations because it terrified me. Anybody else? Amen, especially that Mark of the Beast stuff. Oh, my goodness. Man, that'd give me nightmares. I didn't want to read it. And, and I realized that that's because I focused on the bad stuff instead of focusing on the end result. And the end result is the coming of our Jesus. The end result is the coming of Christ. The end result is everything he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The kingdom of God will invade visibly this earth. Amen. That's something to look forward to. Amen. But see, it's how we look at things. Amen? Amen. Oh, you're preaching one of those, you know, is the glass half full or is it half empty sermons? Is that what you're preaching, Pastor? No, I'm not preaching that you look at the glass at all. I'm, what I'm preaching is that you trust that my God can fill it. Amen. You trust that my God is the completion of it. Amen. That you're not focusing on, on the situation. We're focusing on God. He is our source. Jesus says, take courage. Don't live in fear any longer. Don't be lonely any longer. Don't be depressed any longer. He says to this man, take heart. Let the, the, let the, whole, the, the well of your being, the very center of your being, be filled with hope today. Jesus is here, and wherever Jesus is, your miracle is going to happen. I've got news for you. No one ever came in contact with Jesus without something taking place in their experience, in their life. There was a man who was a man of authority and of great power. His name was Pilate, and they brought this prisoner to him. They had brought countless prisoners to him. Over and over again, he had judged people, whether they should go to the cross or whether they should be set free or whether they should be scourged or whether they should be imprisoned or, or what should happen to them. But you know what? One day, they brought someone before him that was not like any other prisoner he had ever judged before, and he realized, I can't judge this man because I'm not worthy to judge this man. He, he, didn't, he realized that there was no fault in him. What are you saying, pastor? I'm, te I'm telling you today, he had Jesus on his hands and he didn't know what to do with him. And whether you know it or not, you got Jesus right here in this room and you got to do something with him. You got to do something with him. He says, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. 
The second thing that Jesus says to this man is your sins are forgiven. The religious leaders were upset, like I said, and rightfully so, because only God could forgive sins. The religious, the religious leaders were dead right. The religious leaders were also uh, dead wrong because they failed to recognize Jesus is God. In other words, I want to share something with you. This group of people who had gathered together were the people who had devoted their entire lives to the law. They had devoted their entire lives to recognizing the Messiah when the Messiah showed up. They had devoted themselves to knowing when the Messiah got there. And all of a sudden, they are standing toe-to-toe, eyeball-to-eyeball with the Messiah, and they are so blind from their religious views, they cannot recognize who's there. That troubles me. Because that tells me we can be so focused on our preconceived ideas of how Jesus should work in our lives that we miss him working in our lives. Amen? You're praying for a miracle and God does the miracle, but you don't recognize him doing the miracle because you're focused it has to happen this way. Amen? When I tore my ACL a few years ago, I jumped up, started praying, and was convinced, God, you're going to touch this knee right now. I ain't got time for this foolishness. I got a church to run. I got things to do. And I don't want to tell my wife that I, I did this because she told me not to work today, and I worked anyway, and I, yeah, one of those. So I'm praying away, and I'm believing God, and I'm believing that he's going to touch me. And you know what? My knee is good today, but not because it was an instantaneous miracle. It took a surgeon to do it. But I'm going to give God the praise, the glory, the honor, because without God's knowledge, man wouldn't know how to fix nothing. Without God's knowledge, man wouldn't know how to get a medication in your body. Without God's knowledge, we would all still be being bled by medieval doctors. For every sickness and illness that we have, it is because of God that healing takes place in our bodies. As a matter of fact, I want you to understand, you say, you don't understand, I want God to heal my blood pressure. Well, God could heal your blood pressure instantly, but I'm going to tell you right now, he gave man a knowledge to give you medicine for that. Does that mean I'm praising Pfizer or the pharmaceutical companies? No, I think they're a big scam and a ripoff. That's my two cents. But what I am saying to you today is that without God, that knowledge would not exist. You think devil, the devil come up with that to, to help man? You think the devil wants to help us at all? Well, I'll tell you what, I think I'm going to let me know. God gave man the knowledge. Amen. We're getting somewhere. We're going to end this right. Your sins are forgiven, Jesus says. Your sins are forgiven. The religious leaders were upset, but Jesus forgave the man's sin. The reason Jesus came to the earth was to forgive sins. Jesus said, I have come to seek and to save what? The righteous? The religious? No, I came to seek and save the lost. Every person has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, according to Romans 3.23. The price of sin and death, uh, sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, Romans 6.23. Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for our sins, but Jesus did not, st uh, did not stay dead. After three days, he rose from the dead, and today Jesus is alive, ready to forgive our sins. Everyone who calls on the name 
name of the Lord shall be saved. Acts 2, 21. In other words, he did not come just to heal this man of his uh, emotional issues. He didn't just come to heal this man of his physical paral uh, 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 being paralyzed. He came to heal this man of what really mattered, and that was his sinful life. He's saying your sins are forgiven. You don't have to carry the weight of it anymore. I, I, later on, Jesus would put it this way. He says, if your eye offends you, pluck it out because it's better to go to the kingdom of heaven with one eye than to enter into the uh, to hell with both of your eyes. If your arm offends you, cut it off. He, what was he saying? He was being very graphic and very literal of saying, don't worry about the things of this world because what it really matters is, is, is your soul been healed? Can you say it is well with my soul this morning? I'm telling you, yes, Jesus heals the mind. Yes, Jesus heals the body. But if he heals the mind and the body and the soul goes to hell, what has been accomplished in you is nothing. It is when you are redeemed by the power and the blood of Jesus and your life transformed by the cross. That's what really matters. I've been trying to live a little healthier. And uh, yesterday I went for my morning walk and I got about, uh, about a quarter of a mile in and this red pickup pulls in front of me in the parking lot down here at the, at the Triangle. And it's this older gentleman. And he looked at me and he goes, you got blood pressure problems. <laughs> I do now. I'm just kidding. I said, yeah, I said, that's why I'm out here. He goes, well, and then he begins to tell me all the medicines his doctor's got him on. And he says, I was walking, but I'm not walking like that anymore. He says, I, I, he said, what does your blood, blood pressure run? By the grace and the glory of God, it's perfect right now. Amen. It's running perfect. But I'm also walking five miles every morning. Could God touch it like that? Do I take medicine for it? Yes. But guess what? I also got to do my part. Amen. I got to do my part. This man went on and on and on, and about 20 minutes later, I got to resume my walk, and I just zeroed out my timer and started all over. But he wanted to know, what I was doing to, to change. And he was using a few choice words describing his condition. <laughs> you know, because in the South we use curse words as adjectives. So, <laughs> and so he was referring to his blood pressure over and over again. And then it got to, well, who? are you? I said, my name's familiar. That sounds familiar. He said, what do you do? I said, well, I pastor Harvest Worship Center. He says, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> we have to do what we can do. But if God never heals the condition of my body, if my mind is never 100% complete, it is well with my soul. 
And I think that's why Jesus looked and said, one day you'll get a new body. One day my mind won't have to worry about the things it worries about right now. Amen? Anybody in the room have a worry-free week? You didn't worry about a thing. Hope you enjoyed your week-long nap because, I don't know, anybody ever worry in their sleep? Come on. Anybody ever been burdened in their, in their rest? Okay. What are you saying? I'm saying this life is going to continue, but is it well with my soul? Can I go home complete today? The third thing Jesus says to this man is get up, take your bed, and go home. After Jesus forgave the man's sins and also healed his body and his mind, the first time in many years this man stood up and he walked. The first time he walked in many, many years. He came in through a roof, but he walked out through a door. Oh, my goodness. He came in with a big problem, but he walked out with a big miracle. He came in, came in being carried on his bed, but he walked out carrying his bed. Jesus completely heals the man, spirit, body, and mind. Today, Jesus has three messages for you and I, and it's simply this. Be encouraged. Let me touch your mind. Let me touch your thoughts. Your sins are forgiven. I died on a cross. You don't have to carry the weight of that anymore, and you uh, can be completely healed, body, mind, and spirit. You can be a whole person today. But it begins with your faith coming to Jesus. Will you stand? With your faith coming to Jesus. We would like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. We pray that you receive something from the Lord today. Please share your prayer requests and testimonies with us by emailing us at tryonhwc at gmail.com. If you would like more information concerning Harvest Worship Center, you can visit our website at tryonhwc.com. We would love for you to visit us in person sometime. Our services are held at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Children's worship is during our 11 a.m. service. If you would like to give to the ministries of Harvest Worship Center, you can also do this by clicking the Giving tab online. Once again, we would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray you have a blessed week.